Good morning, church. Good morning, church. How's everybody doing today? Got one great. Got several people looking like deer in the headlight. I don't know what's going on right now, but it's going to be good. I have a quick question for you. How many people believe what Pastor Richie says that we believe the tongue has the power of life and death? Come on, I love it that we are able to start off with declarations every week. So why don't you join me in standing? Those of you at home, why don't you join us in standing and let's say this together. Come on, church, here we go. God is who he says he is. God will do what he says he will do. I am who God says I am. I can do all things through Christ because God's word is truth and God's word is alive and active in me. And now because of what Christ has done, I'm highly favored, greatly blessed, and deeply loved. Come on, if you believe that this morning, turn to somebody, give them a fake high five. Come on, you may be seated this morning. Lord God, we just thank you uh, today that we're able to gather in this facility together, our church, uh, to get into your word. And Father, I pray in the moments that we have remaining, God, that you would give us a God download, that when we leave this place, God, our heart would be even more in tune with you, that we could share the love and hope of Jesus with everybody that we meet. In Jesus' precious name, and everybody shouted, amen, amen. amen. Hey, we want to welcome all of our Amarillo Fellowship family, those of you online, those of you here in the house, and I just want to tell you, you just make life better. Church is better because you're here. Well, do you guys, are you ready to receive the Word of God? I'm so happy that you're here today because I have a great word, excuse me, that I want to share with you. Not because I authored the word, I'm just the delivery boy. How many of you know the author, we can trust him. Well, some of you guys know this about me that I really do, uh, things that I still like to do, I still like to go to amusement parks and I still like to ride roller coasters. Are there any fellow roller coaster lovers in the house? Here's the thing. The funny thing is I grew up scared to death of roller coasters, but I had a cousin who was like a best friend that talked me into riding one. We were over at Six Flags over Texas and, um, and I worked up the nerve. Well, really I was shamed into working up the nerve to ride the big bend. Anybody ever ride the big bend that used to be at Six Flags? Well, as fate would have it, the very first roller coaster that I got on got stuck with me on it. And I nearly lost my ever-loving mind. I mean, my brother was in front of us. My cousin was right there. They're waving the people. And I'm like, seriously, you're going to make us fall off the train tracks. Stop it. Well, my cousin was trying to get me to calm down. And he's just telling me stuff like, Hey, everything's going to be okay. They're going to get fixed. Everything's going to be okay. But I'm just telling you right in the middle of the trauma, I started saying crazy stuff. Like I didn't even have a relationship with the Lord yet, but I'm pretty sure I was talking in tongues. And then I started promising God stuff like, God, if you get me off of this ride, I promise I will be a missionary in Africa. Well, as you can see, I survived the ride. And I don't live in Africa. I live in Amarillo. So maybe I lied to God just a little bit. 
I'm not sure because I'm not sure I was in my right mind when I made the promise. Anyway, I love God and I thank God that he delivered me from that. But then I developed a, a love for roller coasters. And the thing that I found out about roller coasters is this. For me, it's much more fun to ride a roller coaster with somebody. Now, I've ridden alone. I can be in the car by myself, but I would much rather have somebody right beside me because the experience is much more enjoyable. <clears throat> Which brings me to the, the title of today's message. Don't ride alone. You know, life can be difficult as we try to navigate it if we try to do that alone, we can find ourselves in some very different, dark places. You see, because we're designed to have relationships. You know, the right relationships are what keep us encouraged when we're down. They keep us moving forward when we get stuck. They help us step out into new areas that we never dreamt possible. For me, like developing a love for roller coasters. I've said this before, and I know Pastor Richie has said it before, that I want to repeat it again today. If you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. It really does matter, church, who you surround yourself with. Because if you're not around the right people, you won't be thinking the right thoughts. You see, you can't have a positive outcome with a negative influence. In other words, you want to stay good in the hood. So you need to see who's living in your hood. Are you setting yourself up to implode because you're by yourself or are you setting yourself up to explode in the goodness and the favor of God? You see, who you hang out with determines what you dream about and what you collide with. What you collide with leads to changes which leads you to become who you are going to become. So I have a question for you. Do you want to, people around you that are just making enough money to barely pay the bills? Or do you want to surround yourself with people that are enjoying their life, not only to pay for their stuff, but they're able to sow into other people? Do you want to surround yourself with people whose marriages are falling apart, constantly on the edge, filled with tension, bickering and fighting? Or do you want to surround yourself with people who truly want to become one in their marriage. Sometimes you can change the outcome around you by changing the influence on you. In fact, I love what 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 says. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. And I also love what Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 says. If you want to grow in wisdom, spend time with the right? If you want to grow in wisdom, you spend time with the wise. Walk with the wicked and you'll eventually become just like them. Both of these verses are talking about the importance of surrounding yourself with the right people. Somebody say the right people. Well, the right people will help you get some Jesus juice inside of you. And that Jesus juice is going to nourish your soul so that you can make decisions based not on what you feel like, based not on what your circumstances are saying, but based on what the Word of God says. In fact, I love Proverbs chapter 27, starting in verse 5. This is what the Word of God says. 
It's better to be corrected openly if it stems from hidden love. You can trust, listen to this, this is craziness. You can trust a friend who wounds you with his honesty. Now, can I tell you that goes straight against the way that we're wired? Because typically if somebody wounds me, even if it's for my best benefit, like I want to wound them back. Or I want to split. I want to get out of there. But the word of God is saying, you can trust a friend who wounds you with his honesty, but your enemy's pretended flattery comes from insincerity. And then it goes on to say in verse seven, when your soul is full, you turn down even the sweetest honey, but when your soul is starving, every bitter thing becomes sweet. Sweet friendships, listen, it, it gives us a great picture of what friendships are to do. Sweet friendships refresh the soul and awaken our hearts with joy. For good friends are like the anointing oil that yields the fragrant incense of God's presence. Well, church, what do you smell like today? Because you probably smell a lot like the people that you're hanging around. And the Bible says that if you surround yourself with the right people that are speaking into your destiny, you're going to start smelling a lot like God. Come on, somebody. There's a difference between a friend that will stab you in the front out of honest love and one that will tell you what you want to hear when you are around, but then when you're not around, pulls out the dagger and puts it right in your back. Tell you, you need some people in your life that are willing to speak the truth to you. It's like a surgeon. The surgeon is going to go in and remove that cancerous tumor, not to be mean and ugly to you, so that you can recuperate and you can live a full life. Well, that's what a good friend does. A friend is a good friend is willing to deal with some issues on the inside so that you can become all that God wants you to be. True friend, will, a true friend will help you see that. One looks out for your best benefit, and the other one just tries to bring pain and turmoil in your life. Now, sometimes they're talking real good to your face. Doug, we hang out, we eat, we're good friends. But how many of you know that if I'm talking to Doug one way, and then I go over to Becky, and I go, Becky, that Doug's the sorriest dog I ever met. I don't like him. I think he's stupid. If I go all that, how many of you know I'm bringing pain and turmoil into his life because now Becky has a different perception of Doug. And what we want to do is we want to get you around the right people because your life is just going to be better. Your soul will be refreshed and your heart will be filled with joy and you will smell a lot like God. You ever been around people, you're hanging out with them and when you leave, you're kind of depressed? Like you're like, oh man, my life's pretty terrible. Well, listen, sometimes we need to separate ourselves from the people that are speaking negativity in and we need to surround ourselves with the people that's preaching or speaking the word of God. Come on, somebody, you know that's good news today. The way, the way we want to connect you with the right people in Avernola Fellowship is through small groups. Our groups, come on, somebody. Our groups are designed to surround you with the right people, and we have all kinds of groups for you to connect with. Anybody like to eat? We have some groups that like, you guys are like, I don't know. I don't know if I like to eat or not. Come on, you know you like to eat. 
There's some groups that go out and eat together. We have some groups that do fitness together. The only fitness group I want to be a part of is fitting that whole pizza in my mouth. We have some prayer groups. We have groups that meet on Sunday morning just to pray for the service. We have groups, or we have small groups that usher, that, that do all of the stuff on the Sunday morning service. We have other groups that, that go riding together, that, that do Bible studies together. And you might ask, why are groups so important? Why is it so important for me to surround myself with the right people? Well, church, I got to tell you, it's because you're only as sick as your secrets. And we all have to, come on now, you're looking at me like, I ain't got no secret. I'm good. Listen, we all have stuff inside of us that we need to deal with. And when we have people around us that literally are speaking the word of God and helping us become all that God wants us to become, man, small groups are the place that that happens. It's where you do life together. It's where you figure out how to apply scripture to, to our life. It's where we build in accountability together. It's where we have someone that helps us see blind spots that we can't even see. In fact, take this cornhole game. This cornhole game is, is a lot like um, small groups. I'm thinking about going on the cornhole circuit. And how cool would that be? You go to bed, you get up, and your entire goal is to throw a beanbag at a, at a wooden thing. So I'm thinking about going on the circuit. I think it would be, well, that wasn't very good. Maybe I'd need that. Dang. Maybe I don't need to go on the circuit. Man, I thought it was actually much better than that. Yeah, Robert. Hey, how you doing, I'm doing good, man. Just playing some cornhole. Well, I was just noticing you playing cornhole, but yeah. I was noticing something else, too. What's that, bro? You weren't doing very good. Yeah, I wasn't doing good. Uh, I think if you try throwing it with the hand that you actually use all the time, your right hand, you'll do better. <laughs> I am right-handed. Yeah. Come on, we'll see if Robert's right. Let me try to play some right-handed cornhole. See how that gig goes. Come on, somebody. Hey! Hey! Got a little confident on that one. Brother was right. How many of you know in our lives? We need some people that are willing to remind us of things that we already know. We just not doing them. Like Robert saying, hey, you're right-handed, you ain't left-handed. And when I just made a little bit of adjustment, the game was so much better. Church, I'm telling you, we need small, we need small groups, we need people in our lives, because sometimes it's that small adjustment that gets you to the right place. I love what Proverbs 27.10 says. So never give up on a friend or abandon a friend of your father. For in the day of your brokenness, you won't have to run to a relative for help. A friend nearby is better than a relative far away. Church, can I tell you today, the most important thing that you have in your life, it's not money. It's not possessions. It's not food. It's not drink. It's not pleasure. The most important thing that you have in your life are relationships. I love what Pastor Richie says about that. He says, if you don't invest in relationships when you don't need them, then they may not be there when you do need them. Proverbs 27, 17 says this. It takes a grinding wheel, come on, 
We're talking about friends around us and the word grinding wheel. How many of you know you got some friends that are grinding wheels? Come on, somebody. It takes a grinding wheel to sharpen a blade. And so one person sharpens the character of another. You see, church, when you get connected with others, when you invest in others, you are setting yourself up for success. Why is that? Because they're going to rub some of the rough spots off of you, and you're going to rub some of the rough spots off of them. And the product that comes out of that is a better you. In fact, if you have a sword or a knife, a grinding wheel will sharpen the sword. But how many of you know when you put the, the sword on the grinding wheel, there's going to be some sparks flying? Can I tell you that sparks aren't always bad news? Because sometimes that's just the process that you're in to become a better blade or a better sword or a better person. That's why you want to surround yourself with the right people because you know if there's some sparks flying, it really is for your best benefit. The, thing, the same thing happens in your life when you invest in others and let them invest in you. And church, I want to encourage you today to join a small group this semester. Don't say, I'll do it next week. Do it today. When this service is over, you can go back and sign up at the back. In fact, you don't even have to wait till the service is over. Just get on the website right now and sign up for a group. And you might say, what if I don't like that group? Join another one. What if I don't like that group? Join another one. What if I don't like that group? Well, then you might need to come in and sit down and talk with me because it may be you. <laughs> come on, somebody. You need to find a tribe that you connect with that you want to do life with. You need to find a group of people that if your group is Tuesday night at seven, as soon as you walk out of that group, you're going, man, I cannot wait to get back to that group next week. You see, if you don't, if you get isolated and alone, you may end up calling somebody that you should never call. How many people have ever found yourself in a lonely place, isolated from people, and in a moment of weakness, you call somebody and you knew by picking up the phone that was a bad idea calling them. Because you ended up doing something that you knew was a bad idea. Well, I love what Proverbs 17, 7 says, or 17, Proverbs 17, 7 says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Church, you know what the bottom line is? Let me just tell you, so like Robert did me earlier, let me just remind you of something that you already know. We all go through trials. We all go through difficult circumstances, and what we need is somebody that can help us get through those times. You see, you need a friend that sticks with you. You need a friend that gives you some Jesus advice, pours in some Jesus juice, and stays away from, well, I think maybe you should try this. You know why? Because our thinking gets us into trouble a lot. But the Jesus juice, Man, if you're drinking from the well of life, if you're pouring in from the fountain that God is pouring into your life, that Jesus juice is going to bring you life. It's going to bring you hope. It's going to bring you healing. It's going to bring you nourishment for your soul. In other words, you want to surround yourself that runs their words through the Bible and let the Bible temper what they say and what you say, how they say it, how you say it. And I'm telling you, when you do that, 
you will find refreshing for your soul. That's what our groups do. They bring life to each other. And I love what Hebrews 10, starting in verse 24 says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not, de- not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And that's so good. Because you know, there's a lot of people in here that may be like me. I am, is this going to shock some of you? I am naturally an introvert. Now I can speak on a stage and I do good with that, but I'm just, I'm saying I am naturally an introvert. I could go to my home this afternoon. I could watch TV the rest of the day. I could go out on my motorcycle tomorrow, go eat lunch. I could go back home. I could watch some TV. I could read some stuff. I could do that again on Tuesday. I could do it again on Wednesday. I could do that on Thursday. I get energized when I'm by myself. And my wife, Becky, has kind of taught me how to be in public. So if you don't like the way I'm in public, just saying, I ought to talk to Becky. Keep him at home a little bit more and the world will be much, much safer. Well, church, I'm just saying groups are there to stir you up and to help you impact others. That verse was talking about a habit and a habit is a settled or a regular practice. A settled practice means it's not up for debate. Man, I'm just settled. I'm going to be a part of one and I'm going to do it on a consistent basis. And church, I want to ask you today, what habit have you set up that stirs you up to love and to good works? Yeah. You know, it's been said for a long time that to, to fail to plan is to plan to fail. Can I encourage you today, plan this semester to stir someone up and let them stir you up and both lives will be better because it's built around the word of God. Now, how many of you know there's some stirring up going on Facebook and on the news? But we need some Jesus juice mixed in there so that we're stirring people up to love and good works. The goal is to stay good in the hood so that you're surrounded by the right people. You see, if, if you leave yourself to just yourself, you isolate yourself, I'm telling you, it is easy to get off track. When it's just you, it's easy to get off track because I'm just going to straight up tell you the truth. You'll lie to yourself. You'll justify your own issues because it's so easy to deceive yourself when it's just you. And you know what the problem with deception is? It's deceiving. So you can find yourself in this place, in kind of a dark place, and you don't even know why. We need some people that will help speak life into you so you can take that next step. Ecclesiastes 4, starting in verse 9, says this. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other. What? Succeed. Come on. If one person falls, the other one can reach out and help. But, as, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Having the right people in your life is like lifting weights. You're going along in life and life is just fine. You're doing your own thing. and You have a little bit of weight to carry, but it's not a big deal because you can just lay down. You can be doing life. I can still go on. I've got some weights that I'm carrying, some things that nobody knows about, but I'm just, I'm okay doing that. 
I can lift those weights. Those are good. But the problem is you go in life and you're just fine. And then you start going through some stuff that begins to add a little more weight to you. Some things that you're carrying that are added on to the other things. And you're like, hey, I'm, a, I'm good. I can handle it. I'm just, it's just a little bit more weight. It's not a big deal. So you begin, just keep going in life, even though it's a little bit heavier. And you just go, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to be fine. I don't need anybody helping me out. I'm doing good. I'm okay. And then, even though you keep going, something happens in life and you begin to face some things maybe you didn't expect. Maybe it was a financial loss or maybe it was an illness or maybe it was you go through something that you weren't ready for, that just disaster seems looming. And then all of a sudden, all of those weights begin to stack up and you, and you keep thinking, I'm great. I'm doing good. I don't need anybody to help. And then you get yourself to a place in life and you can't get the bar. And you have somebody there that can, that can help you and they're helping you lift that weight. In fact, it's becoming lighter because they're helping you so much so to the point that you're just not using very much energy because somebody is helping carry the load with you. Church, can I tell you that having the right people in your life will not just allow you to survive under the load, but they will help you to thrive in the midst of the weights. It doesn't mean the weights are going to change because you go in seasons that are just heavy. But with the right people, you will flourish in the midst of that. And you'll enjoy the journey. The right people will help you also to know which fight to fight. Somebody said this, you might be able to whip a skunk, but you might not want to. Do you know there's a lot of fights that you don't need to be fighting, but you find yourself caught up in? The right friends will help you to discern the fights that you need to fight and the fights that you need to stay out of. I'll never forget my, my grandpa. He, he, him and my grandma were married a long time. And he was talking to me about fights one time. And he said, Mark, I only had one fight in my life. And in that one fight, I was fighting for your grandma. And there was only two hits. The guy hit me and I hit the ground. I don't know how he ended up with my grandma, but he was in the right fight. Listen, if you want to succeed, I want you to enjoy your journey no matter what the circumstances around you are doing. In fact, I want to encourage you to connect with the right people, to surround yourself with the right people so that you can add value to their life and they'll add value to your life. I love to think about small groups this way. Small groups are a small session that make a big difference. One of the popular pop songs that it's out right now by Justin Bieber is a song called Lonely. Hey, don't judge me because I listen, because I'm a believer. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Justin and I work out every day. But in his song Lonely, he has some lyrics in there. He, He was popular at a young age, had more money, knew what to do with it at a young age. And some of his lyrics say this out of a song, Lonely. What if you had it all, but nobody to call? Maybe then you'd know me because I've had everything and no one's listening, listening. And that is just really lonely. 
You know, we all know people that have everything, yet have nothing. Another popular song out today named Control says this, even though I'm older now and I know how to shake off the past, I wouldn't have made it if I didn't have you holding my hand. I'm telling you, these were written and sung by two very popular people. They're all over the charts right now. And I'm telling you, nobody, nobody is shaded from going through things. We all need relationships in our life. The right people will not only help you navigate difficult season, but they will cause you to go further together than you ever could on your own. Because church, I'm telling you, it's not just a sign on the front of a t-shirt. It's the truth. We are better together. I'll tell you a quick story from a town in Mississippi. In 1763, on the Mississippi River, there was a town that was, a fa- that was founded and established by French settlers. They called it Little Gulf. The reason they called it Little Gulf, G-U-L-F, is because it was the little sister of the big Gulf city, which is also known as New Orleans. And Little Gulf became a very prosperous and a prominent city. It was 32 miles northeast of Natchez, Mississippi, and it was located right on the Mississippi River. Sometime later, a few years later, a man by the name of Thomas Calvert bought the city. Thomas had a dear friend that was a mentor in his life that really had an impact on him, and so Thomas wanted to honor his friend. And so what he did is Thomas bought the city, and he renamed the city. I guess if you buy a city, you can call it whatever you want to, come on. And he renamed the city from Little Gulf to Rodney, Mississippi. Because the man's name that had been such a great influence in his life was a guy named Rodney. And so he named it Rodney, Mississippi, and it became a very, very prosperous city in America. As a matter of fact, by the mid 1800s, It had discovered the industry of cotton and was responsible for bringing much of that agricultural prosperity to the South. It all started there and so much so that Rodney became one of the busiest ports in America, right on the Mississippi River. So much commerce coming in and out. For example, let me just give you a picture of what was happening in Rodney. Now I'm talking about the 1700s, the late 1700s, the 1700s. They had factories, they had schools, they had hotels, they had restaurants, they had uh, beautiful homes, they had thousands of people living in this little town that became a large town known as Rodney, Mississippi. As a matter of fact, it only missed becoming the capital of the state of Mississippi by three votes. That's how prominent this place was. And of course, it was beat out by Jackson, Mississippi, which is the capital. But something in Rodney happened, something that nobody could foresee. The Mississippi River, over the course of a number of years, began to change its course. And little by little, not suddenly so that somebody goes, wow, where'd the river go? No, little by little, it began to go a different direction. The current and the river was going a different direction. 
By the early 1900s, Rodney, Mississippi was over three miles away from the Mississippi River. Now, you have to understand the prosperity and the wealth. Everything that built Rodney, Mississippi was tied onto the Mississippi River. It was the commerce. It was the boats coming in and out. All of the activity from the river is what caused it to be a prominent city in America. But when the river went in opposite direction and there became a three-mile distance, then suddenly there were no longer did they have access to the river. And the commerce and the wealth that it provided dried up. The town slowly began to wither and die. And if you Google it today, Google will tell you about one of the most prominent cities in America in its early history has now become a ghost town. You talk about a ghost town, that's exactly what happened to Rodney, Mississippi. As a matter of fact, if you go to Rodney, Mississippi today, there's only one road in and one road out. And all that's left of a prosperous, prominent city is an old decaying Presbyterian church that's, that's caving in on itself. You see today in Rodney, Mississippi, there's no business activity. There's nothing but silent structures with crumbling echoes of what used to be the glory days. You see today, there's just a hollow shell of a town that used to be. There's no inhabitants. There's no people. There's no families. There are no children. There's no prosperity. There's no booming business. There's no rustling and bustling in the, st in the streets with prosperity. All of that left when the river left. Church, can I tell you, that's what small groups do. Not cause the river to go away from you but cause you to stay connected to the river of everything that God wants to do in your life. And if the river begins to go a different direction and God begins to do a new thing, the people right around you will encourage you to continue to go with God. You see, small groups will connect you with the right people that will help you see things that you're just not going to see on your own. Small groups are filled with people just like you yeah. that will help you carry weight that seems too heavy for you to carry. They'll help you discern which fight you need to be fighting and which fight is not yours to fight. Small groups are where you get on the ride with somebody else so that you can enjoy the journey. Small groups... That's where we do life together. Can I encourage you? Can I encourage you to consider signing up for a small group today? Because we really are better together.